civilizations to boldly go where no one has gone before have you paid attention to the to the theme yes of the show yes uh-huh. and they got you know the little loot or whatever that little thing you be playing piccolo players motherfucker yeah <laughs> they played at the end they played at the very beginning and then they go into the other stuff yep then right. you can hear like you can hear all the different they've been doing that they do that with uh discovery too where they play like little peak discovery sounds like six different themes all in one, but they, I, uh, you know, they get, they, they give tribute to all of the other, you know, all I the previous Star Trek shows that they don't give tribute to the enterprise theme. Cause that oh, was the worst. They do. You can hear it in a, in a Picard one, but they do it right though. There's no right for the enterprise theme. The enterprise theme should was, should have never made it out of the marketing meeting. I never, I, I, I mean, I know motherfuckers hated that shit. I know I'm Star Trek. It might as well be a banjo in that joint. I'm supposed, I know I'm supposed to hate it, but shit, I, you know, <laughs> right, like, like the Chevy commercial. Like, like a, rock. a rock. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, like a rock. <laughs> All right, so I'm a sci fi dude, and you're a sci fi dude, and we, we know a lot of these references, and we discovered them together. I have an issue with our portrayal in the future. Black people portrayed in the future. Okay? Now, I thought a lot about this. Star Trek is the best um, conversation point for us to have. Especially, you know, now that we just, we just got uh, Picard just began, which is great. I know how much you love and, <laughs> and I love the character of Jean-Luc Picard from The Next Generation and all the things that he represented. And uh, I don't know if even you know this, but I watch at least an episode of Star Trek every day that I'm home. Across the board on all the shows except for Enterprise, because they can keep that. They should go back to the drawing board, do that all over again. So, here's what I've come up with, and, I, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Roddenberry got it right on the first try. On the very first try, he put an African woman, Nyota Uhuru, on the bridge, on the, on the command staff of a spaceship that exists 400 years in the future. A woman who is a musician, multilinguist, in earth languages and in, uh, and in space languages and like excellent at her craft. He got it right on the first try. And I think that he flubbed it or his team flubbed it a couple times since then. So what do you think about that? And I'm going to bring you forward to where I'm going with it. Well, I think I would be interested to hear what, you know, where you say he flubbed it. I think one of the flubs and it's that ironic Gene Roddenberry type, where he's well-intentioned, but they do have to go back and fix it, a la Deanna Troy in a cheerleading outfit. Mm -hmm. They started out with the second Star Trek show ever with a blind guy who's a navigator of the ship, which <laughs> which is classic Gene Roddenberry, right? Mm -hmm. We're going where no one's gone before, so we're having a guy who literally can't see. And he's, you know, a brother who's who's African. 
which was cool. But was he African? Jordy was African. He wasn't black American. No, no, no. He was African. Okay. I mean, his wife, his mother was played by Aeolion. Yep. And his father was (laughs) his father was Chicken George. Jeez. So I guess maybe I, I was confused. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't pick up the fact that he was actually African and not African American. Yeah. No. 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 And I'll. You know. Maybe we can look it up and, and fact check it. I'm ninety percent sure that okay. he was. He's from an African country. Mm-hmm. Can't remember which one. And they made a correction. And I wouldn't see. I wouldn't call that a flub, right? Because he's still got a black man who's a navigator of the ship, which is dope, and he's got an important role. But. He bumped him up to where now this dude is in command. He was the head of engineering. He became the new sort of Scotty. Yeah. And the ship relied upon him, right. which is better and a much more important role than driving, punching buttons than, and than being the navigator. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. He's the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. And, and at some point, somebody on Roddenberry's, on Roddenberry's team was like, um, you know, a black <laughs> dude chauffeuring all these white people around space. <laughs> That's probably not the way we want to go about this, Gene. I know where you were going with it. And you're like, hey, we love LeVar Burton and we want to have this African man. But uh, nah, we need to let's let's fix some of this stuff up. Let's tighten it up. OK. And you can see as and I think it's uh, Berman. I think as, as as Berman's role expanded to production and executive production and they move Roddenberry his day to day, kind of like how Lucasfilm has moved George Lucas back to the periphery, even though it maintains his core conceptions of the universe. As they've done that with Roddenberry, they've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. And so Jordy LaForge is, is one of those. But I think in general, they get it right. I I don't... I, so so tell me, where where do you think that All they right. have... Right. Nyota Uhuru in the 60s on the television viewing audience is this, you know, the she represents the best of, you know, communicators in the in the galaxy on the best ship in the fleet she's dope right now they did have her her ass out the whole time and you know i get it they did what she had to do plus i, I also believe that she was one of roddenberry's lovers which was which is you know mm-hmm. the the actress right right whatever put that aside he got, the, yeah. he got the character right and she was yep. fine by the way Continue. and the first and the first interracial kiss ever and the first on television kiss. that's why i say he got it right the first time yeah. the second time here's what he does I'm going to put uh, LeVar Burton on, fresh off of Roots. He's a superstar in Hollywood. He's the Jamie Foxx of Hollywood, right? But you got to wear this thing on your face the whole time. So you're inferior because you're blind, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and I know you're going to make the argument for superiority because he's got the all, he can see everything. Then he brings Guinan, who is not, she's a black actress, but she's not a black character. Again, do black people exist in the future, right? And then you bring Michael Dorn, Black actor plays one of my favorite characters on the whole show, Worf. He actually, he's not my favorite character on that show, but my favorite character, one of my favorite characters in the Star Trek universe. Sure. Again, he's not a black man, right? So we've got three sure. black actors, which is great, but we don't really have an equal black character on the next generation. I, I consider the fact that you got to wear a beret on your face the whole time, you're kind of inferior. <laughs> and then let's go, then we jump forward, right? Jake Sisko. Ben Cisco, right? The Cisco. To me, that show is, and as much as I love the next generation, I love the portrayal of uh black actors, black men on DS9. However, as we come to find out in the end of the show, Ben Cisco's not human. 
Right. Spoiler alert. Okay, if you're getting spoiler <laughs> alerts 20 years later, <laughs> that's on you. Right? He's he's not right. human, right? So sure. so what we do have though is his dad with a voice as sweet as Sugar Bear, who's uh <laughs> the black chef in New Orleans. So you still got that. But other than that, I, I so I love the portrayal of black actors and black men in the future uh, through Ben and Jake's relationship. But again, Maurice Dolberry doesn't exist. The black American human being, your great times 10 to the ninth power grandson doesn't exist in deep space nine in that command structure. You really can't see yourself as Ben Cisco. So you, I think there's a, you didn't get it as right as you got Uhura right. I think there's a, there's a mix, right? There's the behind the scenes. So on one hand, like you mentioned on Next Gen, you had Michael Dorn, LeVar Burton, and who was our other, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, right? Mm-hmm. And those three characters as in real life, black folks, right? Those actors. and Right, right. As in real life, black folks, right? As right. African and as African-Americans, all three, Right. They have a presence on the show that, for me, breaks the fourth wall that tells us, yes, there's an African-American presence in the future. In and the I writing room, for sure. And, and I understand what you're saying, right? You know, there isn't a a specific uh, – well, now, if we throw in Discovery, though, because uh, – um, shoot, Sonequa Martin Green's character. Shoot, Michael why Berman. am I blanking on Michael her name? Berman. Michael Michael Berman. Michael Berman is an African American, from what I understand. Right? She was raised. She ended up being raised uh, by some Vulcans, but she's an African American, right? Well, so to speak. I, I can't remember if she's from Earth or not, though. I don't know, and I'm okay with that because at some point right. in that future, people, humans, humanoids, leave Earth and live on the Moon, live Absolutely. on Mars. So you kind of lose the ownership of just being uh, American, right? Right. And I'm okay and, with that. And I think that's what it is because, you know, so now you've got, and then the, you know, and then the second season, um, I'm a, I'm a avoid a little bit spoilers with um, discovery. I mean, it's been out for a year, but um, you know, with the introduction of the, again, navigating up and I'm blanking on the sister's name on the show. Um, but you have other, you know, characters that are that are definitely black humans, you know, who are, um, you know, who are on the show. And I think that really is is where Star Trek pushes. And I see your point. You I know don't what know I mean? if like, she's human. You talking about the Nigerian actress who drives yes. the ship? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I I think she is a human. I'm pretty sure she's human. Okay. Um. Less less for sure on that. But I think that 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 that's part of what star trek does well and what gene roddenberry has done well is to say we're gonna have people who are black and i think to your point there's still that roddenberry piece where it's like but we're post-racial right so these people are black guinan is black and this powerful eminently wise human being arguably right whoopi goldberg playing this woman who is this eminently powerful character, I hear in my mind Gene Roddenberry saying, yes, on one hand, Guinan is not a human. But on the other hand, 
breaking the fourth wall. We know this is Whoopi Goldberg and Whoopi Goldberg is playing this incredibly wise, really powerful person who because Jean-Luc Picard is arguably the most wise, you know, human being in the entire Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. And here she is giving him counsel. You know what I mean? So I think I think through the fourth wall there is. But again, to your point, yeah. Is there a black human being? Outside of uh, Uhura, you know, I want to see a brother from Cleveland in every episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I mean, if 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 you do just let's say we stopped after the the uh, the original series, right? Let's say there was no more Star Trek. We knew there were Africans in space, but everybody born in Cleveland would be like, "Well, damn!" <laughs> right? If you do, you take. I don't. You said Jordy was from Africa. I don't know. Cisco and Jake was the cure to me to some extent. Voyager had nobody, right? No black people. Uh, right, right. And then yeah, you there do, was a black actor who played the Vulcan, but yeah, right. Then you do Enterprise, and you got we driving a ship again. Travis is driving a ship, right? Yeah. And then you do Discovery, which is again the cure. Discovery becomes Michael Burnham, you know who doesn't even have to be the, uh, she ain't the captain. She doesn't have to be the captain, but she is the, the premier protagonist. And this yeah. is a black woman. And that's, that's 2018. So we're, we're caught up, which is fantastic. I want a quick shout out to the Orville. I was just getting ready to say, cause your man, your man, and they, and, and, and he's Seth, driving, but he's funny, <laughs> but, but no, but they moved him to engineering because, because your boy, Seth MacFarlane is clearly 100% replicating his TNT entire fan. Star Trek next generation. <laughs> I fantasy. wish we were friends. <laughs> right. No question. He is literally living out. I'm captain Picard. Right. right. And he made, cause Jay, cause uh, Jay Lamar, his character, you know, that dude is the brother from Cleveland. Right, <laughs> right. Like, that's the first he took time. Shit, took the shit right <laughs> on the Orville. Right, and so he's taken who like Jordy could have been if Jordy instead of being from you know like Kenya or whatever in Georgia on the east side of Cleveland. Right. right, that's and so yeah, exactly. That's, Shout out to the. That's Orville. where they got it right. So if I'm giving props to anybody, I'm giving I'm giving Seth MacFarlane's guy. I don't remember his name. Like yo, that's up. Maurice right there. Jay Lee, Jay Lee, my fault. And he plays John Lamar. On right. The, uh, there you go. Like that. Th- that's my question. That's my whole deal. I, you know, I relate. And they, to got, the, a, and they got a black doctor there too. Uh, the, the black, um, the woman from uh, Deep Space uh, Nine. Finn. Right. Right. Because, you know, it's fine to have Bordas in them, but yeah. they're not black. You know, they, you, you have to keep on putting uh, some type of skull piece on a brother in order for him to have a job. <laughs> that's fine. I'm with it. As long as we have representation on the human being side too. And that's my whole point. I'm never, I, I, I relate to the African diaspora around the world, right? We are, we accept and, you know, find that commonality in our African heritage that we are connected. That's the thing that binds us, right? And how our culture is practiced through the filter of these places that we've traveled the world involuntarily. Um, but in my future, and my children will never not be from this version of the diaspora. So I need to see us expressed yeah. in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel you on that. I think part of that is in conflict with Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. One that is post-racial on the, U, on the, on the earth side 
but not post intra or interracial. And then in this case, um, you know, interspecies conflict. And he uses different species of mostly humanoid creatures in order to tell stories that are about race. And, right. and I think a lot of, and that might be the I, sugar he had to coat it in. He might've had to do that to get it through. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we know like from the original series, the Klingons were supposed to be the Japanese, right? They were a proxy for the Japanese. I didn't know Cause that. there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still a, and, and there's still that post world war two sentiment that, the whole those whole con- the conceptions of honor and honor killings and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that actually flows through some of you know feudal Japan conceptions of samurai and warriors and that kind of thing. Okay, and so that was his his way. That was Roddenberry's way of mixing those two conceptions, those things that we, for example, grew up watching kung fu movies and seeing the Japanese as bad guys, but at the same time, you know, seeing other movies where you know the Japanese honorable swordsmen and the samurai and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mixing that together with the post-World War II sentiment of the Japanese where the United States has this ambivalent feeling of them. And so he's able to live that out on, on Star Trek where the Klingons are, are they're like enemy-ish. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like they're bad guys, you know what I mean? Which is dope. He didn't, he, he challenges the idea that the Klingons are the bad guys, right? They're, they're antagonists for sure, but are they really the bad guy? They're not the villains of the series, right? Okay. And so I think that to to stay within Roddenberry's vision, I think that that the universe has done that by taking away overall the, you know, the challenges racing. But 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 Deep Space, Deep Space Nine went there, you know, what I mean, with Cisco, you know, what I mean, and, and um, you know, and, and did so in some very specific ways where they showed racism on the earth. Right. Um, one yeah. of the like when they had uh, the Nazis, you know, where the, the dystopian future where the Nazis actually won World War Two and that kind of thing, you know, so like they went they went and challenged it in in like alternate timelines. But for sure, they don't they don't challenge it as a part of their regular universe. But I think, like I said, I think that's the, the kind of push pull behind the scenes between we're going to make sure because every single Star Trek episode ends with executive producer gene roddenberry whether he's whether he's alive during that series or not you know what yeah, i mean yep so exactly they're, they're clearly keeping his sentiments alive and i think that i think that's what we're seeing is that is that tug of war you know what i mean between addressing racial issues here on earth head on and using the show as a proxy to do it yes yeah, overall positive on everything and even like last night's episode, last night, like you guys watched it with me in live broadcast. But last night for me was an episode where on Deep Space Nine, uh, Vic Fontaine, who's the 1960s crooner in the holodeck in Las Vegas, is in trouble. And the crew sees him as a friend. So they go into the holodeck to play in that storyline to save right. him. And Cisco is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, nobody knows why. And then finally his girl like confronts him about it. Like, why are you doing it? He goes, and, and I love this about the show, even though he wasn't a human black man from Cleveland, he goes, well, you want to know why? Because it's 1961 Las Vegas and people like me, people who look like me weren't exactly welcome there. And I'm not into playing this revisionist, fe- revisionist history with you. And I was like, dog, like, this is it. Yeah. You saying everything that I want to say. This, uh, you, you're a man of conscience and, addressing the issues from a future perspective 
meaning that those lessons have lasted the, the additional 400 years it takes to and last it out into space, right? Yeah. And you're talking about TV that was in real life 25 years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shout so, out to Avery Brooks. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, this brings us up to Picard premiere. I'm already in this mindset. I'm already, I'm here. I'm stewing in this whole story myself. And I watched the Picard premiere. And the girl in the premiere opens the scene making out with her boyfriend on the couch. And then the boyfriend looks like he got dreadlocks, but he's clearly like Jar Jar Binks' cousin. Those ain't real dreadlocks. That's his head. <laughs> and then he's got the black claws and stuff. And, of course, he got to be the first character to die in the whole show. And there's not another <laughs> black person in the whole episode. So I, so I was like, man, what are we doing? He couldn't be a black dude or not, or just been a, he could have been a, another race actor. It's just, I'm incensed and I know I'm on, I'm on the ledge. You can talk me down if you'd like, but it's just where I was when I saw that episode. Well, and that's the thing. Cause you're, you literally went from watching Cisco on the show that lit, that addressed United States, earth, our in air quotes, current time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. racial issues to watching what is a really we're getting with Picard. So so and I refuse, I will not do spoilers. We'll know, you know, we'll see when this podcast airs. But um, as of as of today, so I've watched the third episode. So one thing that we're getting that we didn't get. Imagine we're getting uh, Picard on the Stargazer. Right. Right. And we're watching a year of Picard on the Stargazer before he gets to Enterprise. Mm -hmm. So I can say this without offering any spoilers is, you know, I think you can tell where the show is going. He's going to build a crew and he's going to go on a mission. You already know that. Of course. The question is, who's going to be in the crew? And uh, I say, you know, wait and see. Because we, okay. we're not starting like we did with Next Gen. Next Gen, we started with a fully formed crew that had already been together. You know what I mean? Like they had been, you know, steeled and tested to a large degree. Um, and this is, hey, I got to even just get the crew. So, right. yeah, the brother was first and worst. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's just a trope and, in sci-fi I'm just, sure. that, that we grew up on. Like You and I grew up on this that many years ago that if we're watching <laughs> some future space movie that might include like the janitor and he's, he's black. He's going to die first. Yeoman Johnson. Right. I don't Classic I, line from Boomerang. Every movie that had a black actor in it, if there was action and somebody was going to die, you knew that he wasn't going to make it to the end and he's likely going first. And I hate shout, it. Shout out to Zakes Moka. Your guy. Who right. did <laughs> Who did <laughs> Who did some of the dopest dying in the history of brothers on TV and movies, right? But I, I say, yeah, man, give it, give it, give it a little time. We shouldn't have even had it as an issue. Is all I'm saying. You gonna put the brother on the couch making out with the girl with the superpowers, right? Okay, somebody right. got to die. Like in the story, girl, boy, boy dies. Okay. Let's 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 cast a black actor, uh, but he can't be human, uh, and let's kill him. Uh, okay. Look, look, I, I understand. I understand, but but let's say we get to you know, and now I'm adding conjecture because it's only been three episodes. Mm. Let's say we get to episode fifteen, and we have hard and fast embedded, fully developed black you know black folk from Cleveland characters. 
I, in ex- the show. I expect that at this point. Right. I'm hoping then that on- we, I'm hoping we see that. However, yet to be proven. Okay. I think that we're going to see a whole lot of people from all we know. We're going to see uh, uh Borg chick. What's her name? Seven of nine. We're yeah. going to see like an Asian looking dude. I've seen the trailer. We've seen people in the trailer, but yeah. I don't, I, I haven't seen Maurice show up in any of the okay. trailers, you know? Okay. So it's, so I know, I'm sure we're going to see some black actors. I'd like to see some black representation in terms of character. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And that's where I am today. Let's mm-hmm. see where we are next week if I actually go ahead and pay CBS this money. <laughs> it's like $7, man. Because Maurice won't give me his, his login. No. He will not. No, because I don't, I don't want 115 episodes of Magnum P.I. Because you know be damn well I'm watching every episode. Continue <laughs> watching. <laughs> All of a sudden, as soon as my episode of Picard and Magnum P.I. Big Mustache Have an Ass pop up on my screen. Why is Magnum P.I. and old 60s episodes of The Twilight Zone and, on my CBS joint? And The Odd Couple. I'll run that down. I'll watch the entire Odd Couple. I don't want to watch the odd couple. <laughs> if Walter Matthau comes up on my screen again, like, nah, hell no, nah, man. Pay, I, I will give you the $7 per month to keep you from ruining my, <laughs> my autoplay for what comes up next. I'm going to tell you, uh, we're going to close this out, but I'm going to give you my hypocrisy just so you know it. One of my other shows that I will watch is SEAL Team and the entire first two seasons of SEAL Team every brown actor died over and over again unless he was on the SEAL Team. All they did was go to brown countries and kill people. Mm-hmm. They never went to Germany or like, right. you know, it was just where else in brown world can we go and kill some people and be the hey, good guys? That's a, that's a whole nother podcast but who else do SEAL Teams kill? And, and <laughs> there we have do. the issue. So I shouldn't be watching the show, but I actually find it entertaining. Yeah. And then you getting on the show that actually got black people on it who have longevity no, have. and importance. It's a black dude <laughs> on the SEAL team. He's second in charge. Okay. All right. Let me ask you killing, another. Killing brown people. Yes, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. <laughs> when you were growing up watching Star Wars, and we're not going to go into it because we got a minute left. Sure. Star Wars was just clearly not science fiction. For all the reasons. And plus, it happened a long time ago in a galaxy yeah. far, far away, right? Which character did you identify with when you were a kid in Star Wars? Who were you when you played with your friends? Who was I? That's a good question. If You know what? So when I, when I uh, started getting shipped off to the private school, uh-huh. you know, I had to carpool and go off to the private school, I was always Lando. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it was a whole rack of white kids. Mm-hmm. So, but in my own neighborhood, man, we would always, we would either want to be Vader or Luke. And a lot of kids wanted to be Vader, you know, cause Vader was a badass. He was just a dope character. Mm. Um, you know, the tall guy was Chewbacca, you know, <laughs> as long as you weren't Chewbacca, <laughs> the kid, the kid, oh, R2D2. Cause I'm short. I said like, man, I just don't want the black dude to automatically have to be the big dog walking around. <laughs> nah, because I grew up, you know, I grew up, you know, black neighborhood. So like, right. it, everybody was black. Okay, all my friends who were playing, you know, Star Wars characters. So yeah, yeah, it, 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 you know, the and and actually, actually, we really dug Han Solo as kind of like the outlaw, the rebel, you know, 
he was come to think of it, he was actually the one like his. Like I'm Han Solo, you know. I was always Han Solo all the time, and in rethinking it, because I know, like, I've carried that into like my teen years, right? I, I wonder, mm-hmm. did I not see myself as protagonist worthy? That I chose Han, the kind of the side guy who was kind of dope, but he was the side guy, like Franklin in Peanuts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the side guy. He ain't the he ain't the main guy. Now, right. as an adult, I'm, I'm I go to Halloween. I'm, I'm Lando. Right. That's just for chits and giggles and fun sake. Right. But I have to reevaluate all this stuff. And this is why this issue is so important to me. Sure. Uh, representation of black human beings, specifically black Americans in fiction is yeah. hugely important to me because sure. you have kids, grandkids, great, great grandkids and, you know, and into the future. Right. Yeah. That's it. Hey, yeah. man. Thank you very much. As always. Until next time.